they understood strategically how to maneuver into the correct locations more often. There's no rules! Shoot a lower score! There's one rule! Very controversial podcast topic incoming. Uh, man, I yeah, I don't even know where <laughs> to start. We have sound but effects. I know. <laughs> we need a soundboard. <laughs> but uh, welcome to season three, episode two of the Champions Playbook podcast. It is uh, your hosts for the past. Jeez, dude, this is a uh, this is episode one ninety five, I believe, and it could be. Uh, don't quote me on that. I'm, we're in I'm, the 190s, though. We're definitely in the 190s. And basically what I'm trying to say, almost 200 episodes, I signed on to the Champions Playbook at episode 74. I think I think it's exactly episode 74. Don't quote That's me on cool. it again, but, uh, I mean, dude, we've Somebody's done... Gonna, somebody go fact check it. I know, I know. Fact check. But we've done... Uh, we've done 120 podcasts together. That's awesome. That seems like... That's a lot. <laughs> That's a lot That's of a lot. talking, man. Um, but I was actually out talking with a gentleman today, and he'll know who he is about... Um, He's listened to every single one since you came on board. Since I guess I came on board, which is really, really when like our growth kind of started happening. I'm yeah. not going to say it's because of me, but well, I, I think it's our, I think it's our dynamic in the way yeah, that it's the consistency and the dynamic that we yeah. have. But um, yeah, just crazy. So thank you guys for being here, and we've definitely crossed a big milestone of uh, of our for plays and. Um, episodes and topics and we've had a million different guests on um and we plan on having another you know couple or a bunch new guests this season as we kind of go through 20 the 2021 2022 golf season dude i gotta warm up <laughs> we just filmed our first episode hey. of uh getting fit for straight for Strixon clubs and now we've just been like i, I told her i said a, i i had a sentence in there and i said like i just gotta warm up my podcasting brain again because I, I haven't i haven't done this in three four months we had uh Hey, this is the five stutter. elements of effective Dude, thinking, right? Yeah. Make mistakes. Here we go. Yeah, I've got a stutter going um, on right now. But, okay, controversial podcast topic. Yep. I posted. You posted it on social, and, and tell us what it was. So I posted on there, the rangefinder has ruined golf. Very just, controversial That's just topic. it. Just pff, that right there. So yeah, I can see this one being the, insanely controversial. And, frankly, I'm on the other side of it. Like, I'm on the side where I want a rangefinder. So, I know you do. Um, but there's so much that you lose when you have it. So, <clears throat> let's take... So, you said, at the as we were talking before we started this, about, like, well, outside of 180, it's like a crapshoot. Right? Okay, so, now we're going to get into the complexity of golf. It was funny. Um, recently, was on the golf course with Daniel, who's here, and Elijah, and Elijah said, like, people say, golf's simple. No, it's not. It's complicated. It's a complex game, and it needs to be understood in a complex way. Now, you grow in your complexity of understanding, just like chess. People go, well, chess is just a harder version of checkers. No, chess is a very complex game that requires high levels of understanding to get, continue to get good at it. <laughs> you can't just play it and get better. Like, you have to understand how everything interacts. So, we didn't have a range finder on the second hole out there. Daniel had his third shot from we didn't know how far. We couldn't shoot it. So, when you shoot a yardage, so think about how you watch most people play, right? They walk up, the first thing they do is grab their range finder, 
and they shoot it. They need the this second guy has thing, card, man. They need this card. <clears throat> the second thing they do is they grab the club and they hit it. Like there's, if you watch them, there's not a lot of thought process. Just you can tell when somebody's thinking. Like I can look at somebody and tell when they're in thought. We we can see that, or when they're dazed. Like people are just kind of staring off into nothing. You know, there's nothing. They're just kind of blanked out. So you can tell when people are thinking. People aren't thinking critically. They've just grabbed the club that's close to that yardage and hit it. Maybe there's a tiny bit of thought of, I want to be short or long. However, if I were to put you in what we had with Daniel, a hypothetical scenario where you don't know how far you are. Thank you. You don't know how far you are. How do you figure out what to hit? And I mean... Now you have to engage deeper parts of your brain. Yep, yep, yep. And you have to engage some critical thinking of, all right, if I don't know how far it is, I have to make an estimate. How good is that estimate? What is the benefit? If that estimate is wrong, is it better for the estimate to be wrong by being too far, being too short? Now all of a sudden you're starting to consider all of the other factors. You're starting to consider the next shot that's going to follow or could potentially follow or the shots that could potentially follow. When you grab the rangefinder, you lose all of that. That's so true. And from somebody uh, with my perspective... I am definitely not a guy. I'm not saying that rangefinders aren't valuable. Totally, totally, totally. And uh, I guess I'm kind of an intermediate. I don't just shoot the yardage and go, but I can definitely see some benefit in not. I would hope not after doing all these podcasts. Dude, I know. (laughs) But, um, you know, first thing that we always check is is the lie, right, of the golf ball and and what that's going to affect because that's going to determine what club you can use at the end of the day. But I just kind of – I'm a little bit in the middle where like I'll, I'll check the lie if it's decent that's fine and then I'll just kind of I'll shoot my yardage like today we had so like we were talking about that yards that was 70 76 yards mm-hmm. that that wedge shot that I hit mm-hmm. and I was like okay that mean and you're like we want to be under the hole here on this specific BPN yep and I was like okay first of all I didn't have my feel because I didn't warm up but anyway uh yeah. like where am I going with this I wanted to land it short Right, I wanted to land it short, but yep. I only knew that yardage, and so I didn't consider like the fringe that was right up in front. And I was, if I had not considered it, I would have been like, "All right, let's just land this with the feel that I have in my brain," and it probably would have been a lot better because I'm considering what I know about the golf course, right? And instead of just focusing hyper focusing on a number and trying to hit the number every right. time, which I understand, yeah, but. I would love to dive into your brain as far as what happens after 180 yards and to where we are, our depth perception gets a little bit worse and worse. So <clears throat> let's play, uh, for those that are here at Franklin Bridge, and we have a lot of Franklin Bridge listeners, let's take, for instance, um, I'm going to use Daniel's example, if you don't mind. Don't really get a choice, but you do. Uh, if he had vetoed it, I, I wouldn't do it. But we're on the second, <coughs> the second hole. Uh, he couldn't get there in three, so he laid to a yardage that he thought would be good. So we were inside of 100 yards. We knew that much. Like, that's an obvious. You know you're inside of 100, and you know you're more than 20 because the pin's in the back right, and we're in the f- left side of the fairway, so we know it's at least 20 yards to the flag. That's just basic estimate, right? Now, from there, we then go, how far do you think it is? 
Daniel said 40 to 50 yards. Okay. We said 50 to 60. Elijah and I did. We gave a range as well. Now, the question becomes, we don't know what the yardage actually is. But let's assume for a moment, and this is the things that we do in high-level mathematics, so you're going to get my math brain here for a second. Let's do it. But this is how strategy works and is involved. This is a type of thought process that's required to play your very best golf. Is what, so we've got, hypothetically, let's say it's 50 yards, because that's between us. Let's take that as an example. What would be the potential benefits of it being, of Daniel being correct? It's 50 yards. Let's, what would be the benefits of taking the 40 to 50 yard estimate? Well, it depends on the course. Yeah, but if we use the example on number two, a back right pin yep. is only a couple of yards from the edge of the green. So you'd want to err on the side of being shorter. Right, so the 40 to 50 yard estimate is the better estimate in that would, case. Would make sense if. He's if it's 50 yards, right? So <clears throat> if it's 45 yards, his is also a better estimate. If it's 40 yards, his is also a better estimate. Does that make sense? Uh, however, what if it's if it's 50 yards? That makes sense. What if it's not 50? We know it's more than 40. So we've got the range pretty much tightened down but to between 40 and 60. It's not less than 40. What if it's 55? What's the problem with his at 40 to 50? What's the problem with his at 40 to 50? Is Because if, if you're drastically off, you leave yourself oh, an really insane long, long, long putt. putt. Yeah, right, yeah. so if it's 55 and he hits it 45, he's now got a 30-foot putt for birdie right what if it's 60 we know it's more than 40 what if it's 60 if it's 60 yards now that 45 yard if he hits it 45 yards now he's 45 feet now here's the other problem if we take his shot and this is how it played out we went with the 40 to 50 yard estimate we didn't have a rangefinder with us so we weren't going to shoot it until after then it's, Daniel, give us three options as to what you could hit here. People are like, three options? Like, I'm not good enough to have three options. Daniel's only been playing golf for about a year. I mean, you could hit it high He's and land it right on the pin. You could land it short and let it run out. You could do a one-hop scoop to let it kind of And even if you don't have the, the one-hop stop, you have multiple clubs you could choose from. You, you, have, you, have you can go high with the 60. You could go low runner gap. You could do a lot of stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of options there. So we went with a lower option that was shorter, and so he went with a 40 to 50 yard estimate. Oh, I see where this is going. Now. It lands <laughs> short. It lands short of the green. It's a two It happens to equation. kick up and doesn't quite get on the green, if I'm not mistaken. It stops just on the front edge, just not quite on. And so now he's got a 50 foot putt across the green, hits it to 12 feet, which is a hard putt. He's got to putt over the ridge, and it happened to kick left. Um, he avoided the swell in the front right, so he picked a he picked a better shot by not aiming down there. He aimed enough left where it could kick up on the green, but that forty to fifty yard estimate left him coming up really short. A fifty to sixty yard estimate would have at least gotten him onto the green in terms of a feel, and would have gotten us closer. Maybe not gotten us all the way there. Turns out, 
it's not this is, the point of this is not to see who's right. The point of it is to understand the logic that's required to consider all the factors that are at play. It happened to be 55 when we walked it off. It happened to be 55 yards. So that's the danger of that category. So we knew it was more than 40, likely less than 60, definitely not 65. But so you're having to be considerate of a lot of options and touch and feel. The other thing that you engage, as soon as you go to that range finder, you're completely locked into that one number. Number. Yeah. Your brain stops considering lots of other factors. Yeah. And those factors inform your touch, your feel, your sense. When it comes to putting and wedges, like you need those sensations. You need those feels. Uh, that applies to just about any other sport. Like... That's why going to a different basketball court in a different arena, like things look different. If if the seats aren't tilted the exact same and they're different, like depth perception changes in different places. So those feels and those sensations are important. Like what if I'm off? Um, yeah, that makes total sense. And as I just played nine holes today, I uh, starting to understand a little bit of that. And it is interesting to see because I, I, I forgot my rangefinder in the cart on, on one hole, and it was actually on number two. It was on number two. So are you familiar with where the, where the flag was today? Just kind of yes. like right in the dead middle, yes. kind of short middle. And I, I probably had I had probably had the exact same shot, honestly. It was like 40 yards or so. And it was interesting how I wouldn't have shot that anyway if I had my rangefinder just because at that point it's all feel. I watch a lot of juniors and college players now that are shooting those yardages. I just think that's ridiculous. Like you can't, it's, at that point, it's just feel. What, and which what I used to do as a kid is I used to walk up. I used to yeah, walk the yeah, yardage yeah. and like you get to sense it and see it. And as exactly. you get out there, you get to see how the ground moves. Exactly. And works. Like your brain's exactly. processing so much more information. But And that's kind of where I was going with this is like if you're in that area at, at – it's less about the number and more about what your brain can see. Correct. And ended up putting one exactly where I wanted it, landed it right on the front edge and had like, I had a 56 degree and let it kind of roll out. I wanted it to roll out. I just kind of scooped it up on that front lip, let it roll out, had a chance to so go you were in. Con you were considering yes. the, the slope away from yes. you in the front of the green. And right. it had a chance to go in past the cup, probably eight inches to the left. And I just had like an eight foot, comebacker for right. birdie and and sunk the putt but like it had a chance versus right. some people would be like oh let me fly it right up there stop it short shoot it way or it, see it way here's, long here's just, the there's funny a lot of thing when people get closer to the green like that they actually start considering the slope because they can see it exactly if yeah. you go back i don't know where the threshold would be but if you go back to like probably somewhere between 60 and 70 yards people wouldn't even consider the slope on the front of the green anymore because they can't see it they're not aware of it. It's like, oh, it's just that yardage. So funny. Um, <clears throat> same thing today on the on the back nine. I was playing with a gentleman and uh, 14, excuse me, 15 right now is under maintenance for the back just because it's they're working on the irrigation and stuff. And so oh, yeah. you can go for the green. You can go for the green off the tee shot. Okay. Off the, off the par four because it's off the, the women's tee, I think it is, or the, the, the senior tee, the senior tee. Senior yeah, yeah, yeah. Tee. Right, yeah. <laughs> and so it was funny because this guy was trying to, he was, like, considering, he's like, man, like, it's like, I don't know, I don't know, like, what should I go for it? And I'm like, well, green is sloped back to front, and so, like, theoretically, if you think you can get you, it in that area. You get a free drop if you hit it in the bunkers right now. Right, right. repair. And so he was like, but like he, why, why not? 
I'm taking my free job. He just said, he was like, oh, I guess that's true. And I was like, how do you not think about that? <laughs> like, Because people haven't, they haven't learned the game that way. Yeah. So to go a couple layers further, if we took, if you're outside of 180 yards, what do we know about shots from outside of 180 yards? What is less, what do you have less control over at that yardage? Would accuracy. be accuracy, right? Yeah. So your accuracy decreases. So at that point, ranges become far more valuable mm. in terms of I need the ball to be kind of over here. I need to make sure it doesn't go over there. Well, then here's a question for you, Scott. Instead of saying, like, for example, out on, um, I was out on 13 today. I had 180 yards. I shot 180. First of all, you know, put it eight feet from the pen. Let's just say that up front. <laughs> but would did it be better? I did. I did make the putt. Thank oh, nice. God. Yeah, yeah. Um, but in that situation, would it just be better to be like, okay, I'm shooting 180. That means I should consider everything between 190 and 170, you theoretically. Could. And just say, okay, this is a ballpark range. And then take the range finder away, put your field goggles on, and be like, okay, right. what can I do with it, with this wiggle room? I, I need to... I can't go less than 170 here, but I could go all the way up to 190. Right. So right. I had a guy today, like, through four holes, he hadn't hit it far enough, and his argument the whole time was, well, I haven't hit it solid. I said, yeah, but that has to go into the... Factor somewhere that has in the to, equation. Like, when yeah, do you yeah. factor that in? Like, did you miss the target by 65 feet because you hit it... You didn't consider the fact that you could miss hit it. You're early in the round. You're under pressure because you haven't played with me before. Like... <laughs> with me being there like that adds pressure you're not going to swing as well you're not going to hit it as solid like there's so many fa- you haven't even considered because it's just the yardage and i need to hit it that far and he didn't want to go past the flag and then i gave him a challenge which he- is dude which is another golf myth that we need to debunk is you always need to be below the hole that's a whole bunch of garbage it's such a whole yes, bunch no, of garbage maybe so i just uh, yeah that's in what context and what setting what are the other alternatives there's but um, with that said, here's how the game used to be taught. There, you, there used to not be range finders at all. You walk, there was no markings to tell you it was 150 yards. And so architects loved playing with hazards and things to mess with your perception of how far something is. It's like, oh, this is about a seven iron. But you know what? If I'm wrong, a six iron would be better. So the guys who played the game early who didn't have swings that were as good as they are nowadays but they could shoot incredible scores what they had over that players don't have nowadays is they understood strategically how to maneuver into the correct locations more often and we were talking about Hogan today and oh, yeah. we were talking about Hogan yeah. today and how he like didn't he got in a severe car accident and this was way back when when medical was not as good as it was and we were talking about how even he though he didn't have the golf game he used to have, he went on to win 30 other tour titles. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, tour tournaments, titles. That'd be a lot of years. Um, <laughs> <laughs> old school FedEx Cup. What would they call that? The 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 Carrier Pigeon Cup <laughs> back then. <laughs> that would be a hilarious golf tournament. Um, but just just with that being said, the strategic mind is a lot better at figuring out the game than right the rangefinder mind. So. There's there's a couple of different psychology things if you look at. So when people take, when they have more, what's the word I'm looking for? When they have more security in their lives, 
they take more risk. So when people have, uh, the, the one example is the more insurance people have, the more trouble they get in. People are like, well, I need more insurance. Actually, when you remove insurance from people, they take better care of whatever the thing is that they're insuring. Right? If I'm working on a job that has a risk of me getting injured and I have, you know, disability insurance. Let's just talk about an iPhone. That's better. Right. Or if, iPhone, you, if, you right. have, if you have an okay, iPhone, so you're gonna buy example. you're gonna buy a better case if you don't right, have right, Apple Care, right. you know? So <laughs> like <clears throat> people take better care of it when there's not that and be like, Well, I break my phone all the time. Well, if you keep break like if you have to keep dropping hundreds of dollars to fix your screen, it actually makes you stop dropping it. It makes you be more considerate of it. So when we start removing the brain's ability to reason, it goes, I don't need that component anymore. And your brain does work that way. When you start stop using parts of it, it stops engaging and it pushes the resources elsewhere. And so... Oh, it's another uh, cool example is, for example, um, people who are blind, they... They're all of their other senses heighten in order to compensate, compensate for not having that one sense. Correct. So, for example, like if a if a blind person you know has their hands on a table and somebody places a drink on the table for them, their their feeling of sense can know exactly where that was placed down because they feel the vibrations through the table. table. That's correct. Under, unreal. But so why can't we do that for our golf game? I guess is the argument here. So if you remove the range finder from the equation, you're then forced to engage parts that you haven't had to use before. And so we need to go and utilize those components. Um, when it's the same thing in parenting, like there's a certain amount of help you need to provide your child as they're growing. But if you do it for them, not only do they lose the self-confidence component of learning how to accomplish something themselves, that's the mental side of it, they also lose the critical thinking components to solve problems on their own. And they're in a prime state to learn. So they're in a prime state to think critically. If you take that away from them when they're older, like the number of strategic options that kids come up with in PJ Junior League, and I know Justin's seen and heard some of the kids, you're like, that's actually a pretty complex thought that you just went through, and you've only been playing golf for three months. Like they go through that because they're problem solvers. And what, what we do, and I was telling Brooks this the other day, and he finished the sentence for me. He's like, we take that away from them. We actually strip them of their problem-solving capabilities because they discover to learn we teach to survive, and we make them like us. They teach to learn, or they learn to learn. We learn to survive as adults. And part of becoming an adult is learning to get away from that and learn how they learn. So two things to finish off this podcast, which I think are two hot button topics here, is uh, number one, we did we touch on what to do outside of 180? Because that's a tough. Yeah. That's a tough so one. once you're outside of that, now you've got to consider where does where do I need to place this shot to make my next shot favorable? But for example, if we're at like for example for me, if we're at 204, how and I'm and I'm going for the green. I'm going for flag here. Mm -hmm. How do I know not to hit a four iron instead of a five iron well i can't answer that because i'm not in the setting right correct correct and but so but you're going to be forced to consider long short left right wind club height of the ball how long it's in the air how well have i been hitting it what's my lie like you're you're forcing yourself into like ooh, what can i hit here like 
I'm going to go for it. I'm going to go for it. Well, you know what? After going through all of that, I'm not going to go for it. I'm going to go over here and then go on. So here's what we need to do. Um, you and I are going to go out and we're going to play 18 holes. And I'm going to play from the amateur perspective with no rangefinder. And you're going to play from the professional side with no rangefinder. And then we're going to do a part two on this and show what we found. Okay. It's fine. Bam. I think we should play one with no rangefinder and one with a rangefinder. Okay. Yeah. Better yet, we should go play a golf course neither of us have played. I'm in for that. Yes, we'll do that. Um, the other thing that I wanted to make sure we touched on. Maybe we'll on bring Daniel with us. and, and We'll do uh, it from three bang. perspectives. A junior golfer, an amateur golfer, and a pro golfer. We'll yeah. do that. Um, uh, the next question, or the last thing that I really wanted to touch on, was this one comment on your Instagram saying, I might agree with you if the bridge hadn't done away with marking whether the flag was in the front or the back or the middle. You have every piece of technology at your hand. Like, they want to blame it on, oh, they haven't put it. I was like, think critically about it for a second. What does it look like it is? There's also there's times where I've been like, dude, that's right. definitely in the there's back. There's also a reason. You know how much maintenance it. work it is to switch flags out and change flags out and move those around? Like, yeah, yeah, everybody has yeah. rangefinder devices everywhere. Well, I don't have one. I was like, download an app. Literally, you can download an app. You stand where you are. It doesn't cost you a penny. And you can estimate, okay, if the flag's here, it would be this many yards. If the flag's there, that would be that many yards. Guess what? All you need to know is how far it is in the middle of the green. vast majority of people that are complaining about stuff like that need to just hit the ball in the middle of the green. Which Roughly the speaking, question, how do we know where's the middle of the green? Well, they have like you have a 150 yard post at true, least. True. So true. this is the other one. It's like, well, we've taken away the 100 and the 200 yard markers. You mean to tell me you can't stand there and tell me approximately how far it is? And if you can't, then that's a component of your brain that you have completely shut off. Mm. And it needs to be turned on. I like it. And you wonder why you can't chip and putt very well. You have no depth perception whatsoever. <laughs> you need to learn that. Makes sense. But I, I understand the frustration, but use that part of your brain. Critically think. Don't outsource it to somebody else. And what uh, – this is the very last thing. What would uh, – because I can, I can probably guarantee you that people are going to listen to this and be like, man, that's a good point. Still going to use it, though. What is like a, a, a hybrid way that somebody can start implementing this? Try to figure out approximately what it would be beforehand and then use that as – the final checkpoint don't use it as the first thing ah so just use it as what you would do and then check it afterwards use it as a cheat sheet after not beforehand like love it do the work then check your answer love it love it well awesome topic here uh inside the persimmon pub here at franklin bridge we're gonna try and move outside as soon as we can as soon as weather complies that way we can get the speaker out and we can really blast it out to everybody who's sitting on the back porch. So come by. We're going to get those drink specials rolling again. We're going to have the food specials rolling again. And uh, we're just going to have a blast for this 2022 golf season. Um, we're going to actually move it to twice a month every other week mm-hmm. instead of uh, every single week. Uh, we're going to try that out and test it out. So bear with us through these first couple months of season three. Uh, we'll eventually roll into a rhythm here by the time hot season rolls around. And we'll make sure that we include you on everything that's going on. Uh, from the Persimmon Pub. So, um, from Scott, you can follow on Instagram at golf. You can follow me on Instagram uh, at the underscore jbeard. I need to start posting a little bit more. But uh, also, we want to thank our sponsor, uh, Strixon, for being...
<laughs> gotta get used to we gotta that. thank our sponsor Strixon for sponsoring this podcast we really appreciate them and all they do for us and our games um, and it's gonna be a pleasure having them on for season three of the Champions Playbook as well so uh, from Scott and Jack inside the Persimmon Pub here at Franklin Bridge we'll see you on the next one peace yeah.